Hey, welcome to Sunday School. I'm glad you're here. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. You're listening to the Mills Sunday School Podcast. We are the College and 20-somethings ministry of New Life Church. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys? Good. Well, hey, my husband spoke last week. Uh, His name is Dan, and we um, oversee uh, the Desperation Leadership Academy, which you guys have kind of been hearing about over this past month. Um, And so I moved here from Texas, actually, back in 2004. So I've been here for 10 years, actually went through DLA, uh, changed my life, and so um, then ended up going to college, getting my theology degree, and joined staff about six years ago when we got married. So anyways, uh, so it's a delight to be here with you this morning. I am pregnant, yes, uh, with the baby boy. We're uh, expecting him in January, so we're in the process of trying to figure out names. And oh my gosh, that is daunting. Like, anyways, it is so overwhelming. <laughs> so that's kind of the phase that we are in, um, but loving it. So I'm going to pray and then we'll jump in. Holy Spirit, I just welcome you here this morning. I thank you for these hungry hearts that are here, that desire to know you more, that desire to be men and women of the word, who desire to, to advance your kingdom, to live lives worthy before you, worthy of the calling in which they've received. And so I thank you for every single heart. And I ask Uh, that there would just be an infusion of courage this morning. God, that you would dispel the fear of fasting, Jesus. And I ask that you would increase the vision to go deep into your heart. And so I ask that you would provoke us in hunger, provoke us in love. And so, Jesus, I ask that you would come and stir within our hearts, Lord, that you would unveil the scriptures to us, that you would realize the gift that you've given to us in fact. Fasting, and that we would embrace it more often than we currently are, God, because you've given us vision and courage to do so. So I ask that you would have your way in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're talking about fasting. And I know all of you are like, oh, God, <laughs> this, is, this is the worst of all of them. Um, and, and so I want to kind of, just what I was praying, just want to see this morning just an infusion of courage as you realize that this uh, discipline I see as truly a gift. And here's why. You don't have to be smart. (laughs) You don't have to be wise. You don't have to be educated. You don't have to uh, have any resources or materials to embrace this. It is I think one of the most simple yet powerful disciplines that we have. And the reason it's simple is because it's making choices to deny your flesh in order that your hunger and love for Jesus would be expanded. And so I know it's crazy that the concept of choosing not to eat something I know, I know it's confusing. It's like, okay, this is so weird. Like choosing not to eat that cupcake or choosing to not eat dinner or whatever it is in our minds and in our logic. And you guys are the Sunday school people. So you guys are like the logical thinkers. And so, 
um, the like, like to talk, talk about theology and all that stuff. And, and I love that. Um, and so fasting can kind of seem like this, like, that's weird. I don't get it. And so I'm not going to do it. But what I want to challenge you with this morning is just because you don't get it, um, doesn't mean it doesn't work. <laughs> and the, the things that I seem to embrace in, okay, Jesus, you said when you fast, not if you fast, I'm choosing to embrace this discipline, though I don't get how not eating those French fries is going to expand my heart to love you. But here's what I'm here to tell you. It works. It really does work. And I know that one of the, um, the hardest things is, is to see, we, you don't feel like you see the immediate results. Like, oh, I gave up that hamburger, and so, oh, Lord, I love you so much more now. I know that that's, that's not really how it works. Um, and so it's humbling. Fasting is truly humbling because you encounter your own weakness. You're choosing to make a statement of faith of something that you don't really understand. But when you choose that, over time, the capacity of your heart is expanded to receive from the Lord. It's really what happens. So the basic definition of why we fast, um, I have never used a slideshow. So we will see how today goes. (laughs) Um, The basic definition of why we fast. Fasting is choosing voluntary weakness to experience more of God and to become more sensitive. So that's the basic definition. It's choosing voluntary weakness when you're giving up food. You're choosing to be weak. Um, so uh, that's the basic definition. So Matthew eleven twelve says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. So something I want to talk about before we get into fasting is the reality that spiritual violence or spiritual intensity is the key to sustained hunger. Awesome. It's up there. Beautiful how this works. Good job. Um, Zechariah 8.2 says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. I'm very jealous for Zion. I'm burning with jealousy for her. So I want to talk about the Lord's zeal for a moment. See, the zeal that Jesus has toward us in jealousy We need to have that same zeal towards the things that limit us from him. See, breakthrough, as we desire to to walk in freedom, to walk in the fullness of our calling, to walk in greater relationship with him, your breakthrough is not going to happen without spiritual intensity. See, it's not enough just to learn about the spiritual disciplines if you don't implement them. They are not going to have any power unless you choose to, to embrace them. And so as, you know, we've been over this past month talking about disciplines, I just want to hold up a mirror in front of you and ask you, how much have you actually been implementing the things that Joe's been talking about? Or have you just been acquiring knowledge and, oh, that's a great idea, But if you're wanting breakthrough, if you're wanting fullness, we have to embrace them. And it's going to take a a spiritual intensity, spiritual violence, in order that we actually see the fruit of this knowledge. Does that make sense? 
So it's not enough to know about the spiritual disciplines. We actually have to do them. So here's a definition of spiritual violence. Because I know that that's like a really intense word. (laughs) Spiritual violence is that we will pay any price of self-denial in order to obey God's will. Any price of self-denial in order to obey God's will. So here's how fasting comes in. I think that fasting in its simplicity is one of the most spiritually violent things that we can do um, in our discipline. So here's fasting is as violent in its opposition to our own flesh, to our own pride, as it is in its impact on the devil's kingdom and its religious systems. And when you begin to understand that, um, you'll begin to realize, okay, this, this sin I've been wanting to overcome or this breakthrough I've been fighting for for years. When you understand um, fasting is, is, can be this, this tool that unlocks the enemy's strongholds, that, that dispels his kingdom, that tears down his authority. But also, it's the number one thing that is going to reveal your flesh, but it's going to silence it. It's going to silence it. Um, so spiritual violence is what leads to sustained hunger, is what leads to sustained passion for the Lord. So here's, okay, talking about fasting. So I know I'm saying that it's simple, but I also know it is extremely difficult. <laughs> um, you know, the, just, the, so the difficulties of fasting, the, the physical, whoops, my flip-flop, um, the physical weaknesses and side effects. Listen, the, the mental weakness you experience, the emotional stress, the loss of effectiveness, you know, in the short term, your productivity goes down. Suddenly you're angry and mad at everyone. Um, <laughs> you are tired and you're cranky. And um, I know so many people say, oh, I'm not good at fasting. Okay, is anyone good at fasting? <laughs> um, what does good mean? Uh, to me, the definition of if you're a good faster is if you're a willing faster. Not, listen, I've heard someone say this and I have embraced it as my own. I fail and quit more fast than I even start. <laughs> Here's what I mean by that. I'm going to fast tomorrow. And, and I don't even start. I've already, I've already quit before I've begun. Um, it was a good idea. It was a good thought, but then I don't even start. Um, so listen, but I believe that Jesus sees our hunger, our desire, our reach for him. And, uh, and he's saying, yes, yes, yes. I'll give you credit for that, which you didn't even do. (laughs) And I'll, I'll multiply. You said that you were in a fast, you know, all day and you barely made it past breakfast, you know? Um, but all he, he blesses us and gives us more favor. I believe in because of our reach and our desire, even more than the success of our accomplishment of it. And so I just want to encourage you good fasting, successfully finishing, completing. No, you're a good faster if you're a willing faster. Um, so discussion question for a couple minutes here. Just want to ask you to discuss in your tables for you guys to be vulnerable. 
what has been your experience with fasting? What's been your experience? What have, have you fasted before? Have you never fasted before? Have you, you know, what types of fasting have you done? What's, is it something that you're like, oh my gosh, I absolutely hate this topic? Or is this like, oh, okay, like, this is something I want to know more about. So I just want to, let's take a couple minutes. I just want you to share with your group what has been your experience with fasting. Ready, go. We're more positive than negative conversations. <laughs> um, so, okay. In the kingdom of God, I think one of the principles that we have to understand in talking about fasting is in understanding the point and why fasting is needed is that there is this paradox between power and weakness in the kingdom of God. And we all hate feeling weak. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we hate feeling weak. And so I think that this is the number one reason why we run from it. It's because we hate that all of a sudden we feel out of control of our emotions and how suddenly skipping a meal, all of a sudden all of these things, start to, we start to become angry and frustrated and easily irritated, especially when you uh, you know, are fasting you know, a day or more start to see all of these things that begin to come up and you feel weak. But there is this power paradox of power and weakness in the kingdom of God. Let's read 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 11. We read this earlier. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 and 29. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Okay, so number one, fasting reveals and silences the flesh. That's what I said earlier. See, a life of fasting, it really exposes who we really are and the condition of our spiritual health. See, so if we were to be honest, and this is so what we see when we fast, what what is the real state of your spiritual health? Some examples. We cling to false pleasures and securities. We have small capacities to receive from God. We crave the approval of man. We satisfy our souls with entertainment, music, television, Facebook, etc. We defend our reputations. We're complacent and distant in our prayers. We submit to our own judgment before submitting to those in authority. We rely on outside stimulants to calm our lives. And so fasting... It's going to reveal all of this. But in the end, it's going to silence it. Because it's, it's going to show us, wow, how much I cling to so-and-so's opinion. Wow, how much I defend myself. It really reveals the flesh. Number two, fasting. It brings humility. See, it's what I said earlier. Fasting, sometimes it just it doesn't seem to work. <laughs> we can talk about all of this, and it's like, okay, great. That may work for you, but that doesn't work to me work for me because we don't see the immediate results. But this is even more humbling. I can tell you that when I've done extended fasts, 
You know, sometimes my heart feels alive in it. My heart feels more sensitive and tender. Uh, But sometimes, man, it is a challenge and I feel none of that. It seems like the heavens are shut. There's no revelation. The word is more boring. I'm realizing my flesh even more and it's so humbling. But here's what I can tell you. Weeks, even months later, I can attribute the breakthrough I've walked through because of that fast. And so the the revelation I've received, the, the tenderizing of my heart that I've received. And so in the middle of it, it's humbling. Uh, but he is always faithful. Number three, overcoming addictions to legitimate pleasures. See, our raw crankiness seems to rarely get exposed because our lives are so propped up by food, entertainment, recreation, money, music, activity, uh, even ministry endeavors. And so our raw crankiness seems to get exposed because as soon as we're feeling tired or weak, we run to those things. But when you choose to, okay, I'm going to, you know, fast media for a while, you realize the dependency and the clinging that you have towards it, the, the kind of prop that it is. So that, that leads me to number four, kicking the props away. Matthew seven thirty five says, the rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. See, I think that we experience kind of this, you know, we're fasting and it feels like we're free falling at times, or it feels like we're kind of like dangling in between (laughs) as we voluntarily fast from our stimulants and comforts. Um, And it's in this time that we're left with that raw crankiness of free falling. And it's in that place that the Lord, he births humility. Number five, facing our spiritual dullness. So this is the place of transformation. This is the place where he strips us of those comforts and strengths and securities. See, Jesus, it is his desire. His goal is to train us in greater dependency upon his power in this place of weakness. That's his desire in all of this. His desire is to reveal and expose the things that we're clinging to. That our, our house is built, on the, is built on the sand. It's not built on the rock. And his desire is that he would reveal and expose the things that we're leaning against, that we're running to, that we're clinging to other than him. And it is his desire in the sanctification process that we would grow in greater dependency upon him instead of those things. And so when you have a vision for that, God, I don't, I don't want any, I don't want to be dependent upon anything other than you. And so in my weakness, you are made strong. So when I choose to embrace my weakness, suddenly Jesus' strength, suddenly who the man Christ Jesus is, he becomes my source. He becomes my reality. He becomes my comfort, my strength, the one that I cling to. And he is the only one who will satisfy, sustain, give me endurance to keep going. And when you have a vision 
for that. When you have a vision for, I want to, I want to hate sin instead of love my sin, God reveal it. Then fasting is a gift. Then fasting truly is a gift. So number six, fasting regularly expands your capacity for Jesus. It's a gift that I believe that we should embrace regularly more than occasionally. And see, it's a, it's a tool that expands our capacity for Jesus. So let me give you an example. I see it like, kind of like a bow and arrow target on our heart. And when we choose to fast, what's happening is that target is expanding to receive from him. Another example is, you know, our hearts naturally, they have a tendency to be cold and numb And I want you to imagine, you know, this, you know, talking about he, Jesus, the Godhead, he is, he is an all-consuming fire, a living flame of love. I heard that someone write that. Um, And this jealousy, this zeal for us, it's like what we're doing is we're taking our cold heart and we're placing it before the bonfire of his love. And we're in, and in time, it'll melt, it'll be tenderized, it'll be softened. And it's not that we earned it. It's not that the, 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 the heat from the fire, it's free. All we're doing is we're positioning our heart. We're positioning and we're taking it and saying, God, I have a cold heart. Fasting is positioning your heart so that he can tenderize it. Does that make sense? So fasting Regularly expands our capacity for Jesus. Okay, fasting will. Okay, this is a lot of teaching. Are you guys okay? Okay, we're going to keep going. All right, so fasting will, number one, it will accelerate the rate at which you receive revelation from God. It will accelerate the rate at which you receive revelation from God. I don't know why, it's just true. Um, well, I guess why. Um, when I fast um, for an extended period of time, um, my heart, my, like my, here's what begins to happen. My spirit begins to dominate versus my flesh. So rather than living according to what am I feeling, thinking, wanting, not bad things, but uh, comforts, you know, I mean, we live meal to meal to meal to meal, you know? We, our whole lives are centered around food. Um, I mean, that's, that's normal. That's not bad. So, uh, but what begins to happen when I'm fasting is that my spirit begins to dominate versus my flesh. And suddenly it's like, okay, this is how I'm meant to live. This is how God, you're, you're desiring to live more out of my spirit and fellowship with you. Versus just my carnality and my flesh. And when you have experienced that, that is living, my friends. Like that is, okay, wow, yes, I no longer feel controlled and dominated by these desires of my flesh. But now I feel led more by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And when you begin to experience that fellowship and that intimacy and that, and that reality you begin to crave that because that's what we were created for. That's what's going to last in the long run. This thing 
it's fading away. I mean, now I'll get a resurrected one and that'll be awesome. But my, um, <laughs> but my, my spirit is the one who will dominate in the age to come. And so that's what begins to happen. So accelerates the rate at which you receive revelation. Those didn't have anything to do with each other, but great. Okay. <laughs> Two, <laughs> it increases your spiritual capacity to freely receive from him. The purpose of fasting is love. So that's the kind of the target of your heart example. Three, it reveals our sins and causes us to hate the sin rather than justify it. See, I think that when that crankiness, that anger, that impatience, all of those emotions that seem to come up and we blame on it's because I'm not eating, no, that's the reality of your soul. That's the reality of your true condition. You're really impatient. You really maybe have some anger. You maybe really are irritated, annoyed by all of those people deep down. So it's not that, oh, I need food because then I'll be really who I am. No. When you're allowing your your spirit to dominate and you're allowing your flesh to be revealed, your flesh is going to be revealed and that's your real condition. Sorry, friends. I know that hurts. <laughs> but when you, okay, realize, yep, <laughs> I'm annoyed with my boss. I'm annoyed with my coworkers. Wow, that girl really gets on my nerves. Uh, I'm angry. I'm, I'm impatient. For me, it's a, fasting's working. It's working. It's showing you. It's showing you, oh, wow, this is who I really am. Oh, wow, these are the real sins that are, you know, kind of get pushed down because of all of my props and comfort. And so when you're questioning, is it really working? Yeah, if you're mad, it's working. <laughs> it's showing you, hey, we've got some anger issues we need to deal with. So, um, so I just want to encourage you, don't blame fasting because it makes you angry. No, it's working and it's revealing. Let's deal with the anger. Does that make sense? Great. Okay. Sorry, I get out of breath sometimes. Okay, being pregnant. Whew, is interesting. Okay, um, number four. <laughs> it stirs our longing for Jesus. See, he gives us more of himself, but only in accordance to your hunger for more. And until... Your capacity to receive from him is enlarged by spiritual hunger. You're going to be limited in your experience of God. So it's like this cup. Um, It can only be filled, you know, to this amount. And so like my heart and encounters and experiences with him, he can only fill this to my capacity to receive. And so fasting, what it does is it increases, your, it increases your cup to receive from him. So number five, it dethrones the God of food. Okay. So here's, here's what this means. Food is not evil. That is not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that all of you should not be eating right now. What are you doing? No. <laughs> Eat up. I love food. Okay. But what it dethrones the God of food, and it puts it in the right place in our lives. See, so many times we go to food for comfort. We go to food for pleasure, but, you know, some of us, a little too much pleasure. Um, 
or we have a disproportionate confidence in it for our well-being and our health. I mean, we're Colorado people, you know, we're super into like organic, all natural, all that stuff, which is, which is good. But I think sometimes we can idolize health and, um, where it becomes, it becomes too consuming. And we think that health, I mean, food is now the answer. Organic food is the answer to all of our problems. No, Jesus is. And so, um, yes, organic food is great. Um, so, so it'll, it, 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 uh, it dethrones kind of that idolizing of it, um, which I think needs to be exposed. Okay. So, what are the rewards of fasting? Matthew 6, 18 says, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face for your father who sees in secret, he will reward you openly. So like I said earlier, number one, fasting, it will tenderize and sensitize our hearts to receive more of God. So I do want to encourage you when you are fasting, expect to hear from him more. Um, expect to be sensitive, uh, you know, sometimes not always. Um, but I would rather you go into it more hopeful because it is true. Your spirit does begin to dominate and you do become more sensitive, um, to fasting and enlarges your capacity for a righteous and focused life because you receive just this kind of holy detachment from other things. Um, Oh, and isn't it nice? Okay, I don't know how many of you guys um, have, like, taken a break from, like, eating sugar. You're like, okay, like, I'm not going to eat sugar, meaning, like, all carbs and stuff. And, you know, they say that sugar is, like, this is what my doctor said. I don't know if it's true. Uh, Like, sugar, how addictive it is, it's like cocaine. Not that I know what cocaine is like. Um, But, (laughs) you know. um, (laughs) Sorry. I don't know if that was sweaty. Okay. uh, (laughs) So, you know how, but when you, like, kind of like cut sugar out from your life, all of a sudden it's like you have all of this energy and it's like, wow, I don't feel that craving anymore. And how free you feel, it's like, gosh, you know. Um, so that's that's what fasting will do. You don't realize kind of the, the cravings you have for, as silly as it is, checking your Instagram and Facebook and all of that all the time. Um, but when, you know, if you chose to fast of those things, it's like suddenly like you feel that detachment and you don't feel like it owns you. You're like, I hate feeling owned by things. Um, you know, so like sugar, it's like, ah, I hate it feeling controlled by it. And so fasting, it, it does create that holy detachment, um, which is, oh, it's just great. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, three, fasting illuminates the mind with the spirit of revelation. I'm just going to kind of read through these. Um, Four, fasting strengthens a deep sense of our spiritual identity. Um, Number five, fasting equips our bodies and enhances our physical health and spiritual intimacy. Um, You know, I mean, all the cleanses, detox, trends, and all of that stuff, um, biblical fasting was the first one. (laughs) Um, And so I know that for many of you are probably you know, love the whole health conversation. Um, fasting can actually be really healthy for you if you do it right. So if you have more questions about the physical, um, benefits, but also the physical, um, 
kind of cautions. I have a whole document that I'm more than willing, uh, be more than happy to give you if you kind of have questions about that. Um, so the only thing I'll say as far as how to fast well, um, drink your water, <laughs> drink your body weight in water. Um, that's what they recommend. Uh, and break it slowly, preferably on healthier things than a cheeseburger. Um, that will help your digestive system in the long run. Okay. Um, okay. So here's our, uh, second discussion question. Now that I've kind of touched on all of these reasons why benefits, rewards, uh, I'd love for you to just share at your table, kind of what are the one or two things that have stood out to you and the reasons that you would choose to embrace fasting more? What are the things that have kind of, okay, that's, that's interesting. That, that, that moves my heart a little bit. So what would be your reasons to embrace fasting more? Go in here. Just a few more things before we wrap up here in the next 10 minutes or so. Um, just want to kind of cover just the different focuses, the different types of fasts that we can do. Um, so six various focuses for fasting. Uh, many times I think, you know, we focus, um, sorry, I'm going to kind of go in a different order. Sorry, PowerPoint guy. Um, many times I think we, we fast in moments of crisis. We fast, uh, to stop a crisis or, you know, we're fasting for, you know, okay, an upcoming election for the, you know, the, the kind of the fulfillment of God's promises for a city or a nation. Um, it, you know, we see it more as, as intercession. Uh, or fasting to experience, you know, more of the power of God in our ministry through our gifts. Um, you know, Matthew seventeen twenty one. Uh, you know, Jesus tells the disciples that the type of demon uh, and the demonized boy couldn't be set free except by prayer and fasting. Or Matthew eleven eighteen. Uh, the power and authority that John the Baptist preached in was connected to his fasted lifestyle. Um, or we're fasting for protection or, you know, direction. Okay, Lord, like, I need you to show me what I'm supposed to do with my life. Um, especially in this season of life, that's what many of us are asking. Um, you know, should I take this job or this job or should I move to the city or, you know, what? But, um, which are all good, all great reasons to fast, necessary reasons to fast. Um, but today I want to challenge us to embrace more regular fasting for the vision that our intimacy with the Lord would be fueled, um, that our desire, hunger, uh, for Jesus would increase more than his, we want his heart more than his hands. You know, we kind of talk about that cheesy phrase a lot, um, you know, but, but Jesus, I want to grow in greater dependency upon you. I am hungry to be hungry. And so I'm going to choose to embrace real hunger in order that my, my heart's capacity would actually feel hunger. Um, and I think that when we choose to embrace fasting, um, more regularly, even when it's not a need over the course of months and years and decades, when we've embraced a life of fasting, I can guarantee your life in Jesus will be deeper, greater, more alive. You'll be more dependent on him. You'll still be following him. Your heart will be alive and vibrant um, if you embrace it when you feel it, <laughs> when you don't feel it. Um, so I encourage uh, 
and this is actually my challenge to you, is to pick one day a week. One day a week that you're going to fast, well, you know, for 24 hours, whether that be, you know, from sunup to sundown, whether that be an entire 24-hour period. But if you embrace fasting just a day a week over the course of years, I can guarantee your heart will be more alive in God. Um, I actually am so thankful that I was a part of a youth group in Texas that uh, our youth pastor challenged us to fast every Tuesday. And so as a 13-year-old, I began fasting once a week. Okay, let me, let me tell you, okay? Back then, it was, you know, fasting the honey bun from the vending machine, you know? Like, um, but, because oh, it was so bad. In high school, gosh, chocolate milk and honey buns, that was like my lunch. Or pretzels with ranch was like my lunch. What? Oh, I wish I could still eat that way sometimes. Um, anyways, so, uh, but choosing just to embrace a lifestyle of it, whether how successful or not in completing it, I can tell you now, 15 years later, um, I am so thankful uh, because my life in God, I know I'm, I'm where I am in him, having embraced that simple discipline week after week, when I felt it, when I didn't feel it, when I successfully did, you know, three meals a day, and when I just did one. And so I just want to challenge you. If fasting has never been a part of your regular life, it can be one of the greatest gifts to fuel your, your relationship with him. So, so those are the various focuses. Okay, so five types of fasting uh, described in the Sermon on the Mount lifestyle. So if you're ever wanting to know Okay, what does it mean to live wholehearted for Jesus? That is what Sermon on the Mount is. Sermon, oh, I think we're going, are we going into a series on the Sermon on the Mount? I think so. Anyways, anyways. Um, so Jesus defines wholeheartedness uh, through the Sermon on the Mount. Um, it's also kind of where he says that kind of the non-negotiable principles of the kingdom of God are. And your spiritual maturity is measured by these standards. So if you're ever wanting to know, okay, like, where am I at spiritually? Okay, read the Sermon on the Mount. That's a pretty high standard. Because <laughs> um, he addresses your food, time, energy, money, words. Um, and those are actually all types of fasting. So number one, giving is fasting parts of our money. Giving is fasting part of our money. Okay, now here's what I mean. Fasting is fasting when you feel weak. Okay? So giving of your money, let's say you make, uh, you have to feel the sacrifice. That's the point of it. So, you know, giving your $5 Starbucks card because someone else gave it to you, you don't really care about it. Okay, that's not really fasting. (laughs) But giving when you're saying, ugh, I could spend this money on me. (laughs) And this is, I really want to do this. But Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to give to someone else, whether in need or whether they're not in need. But choosing to give your money, when you feel that sacrifice and that sting, that's when it's a fast. Okay, number two, serving is fasting what we could have used to further our own interests. Rather than serving for the sake of, this is going to benefit me, but I'm going to serve behind the scenes when nobody knows. See, see, serving when you flaunt it, um, 
is, yes, it is still serving, but as far as the, the givenness and what it does and expanding your heart, you're not going to feel that unless I think it's hidden. So we had a girl a couple years ago in DLA who would go and clean. Okay. So we have interns who live at the prayer center. Um, and so they all share a kitchen and imagine like 20 people sharing a kitchen. <laughs> it can get pretty lovely at times. Um, and so she would go in once a week and she would just scour the kitchen and people would come in and be like, Oh my gosh, like who did this? You know, and everything in us wants to be like, I did it, you know, like, but she would just, she would just be quiet and silent and what it did in her heart and experiencing intimacy with Jesus as he is the servant of all who didn't flaunt it, who didn't, he, you know, he came to serve. She found this intimacy with him in this givenness of serving when nobody knew. But if she had flaunted it, she wouldn't have received that reward. Okay, so serving is a way of fasting. Three, prayer and reading the word are forms of voluntary weakness that fast our time and our emotions. Instead of using all of our time for the advancement of our status or success, we use some of it to seek the face of an invisible God. How how much it moves his heart when we choose to open the word when we feel nothing. If we only knew this invisible God that we do not see but that is more real than we know when we choose to open the word and lift our voice to him when our hearts are cold and numb but in faith we're saying, Jesus, you're worthy, you're deserving. I'm choosing to focus on something that I'm, I have hope and faith in, but that I don't see. It's a form of voluntary weakness of your time. Number four, blessing our enemies. Whoo-wee. I think this is one of the hardest. <laughs> is a way of fasting our words and our reputations. To avoid speaking negative words about our enemies is a true fast. Now, I know that that you could consider that as gossip and slander. <laughs> That's a sin and we shouldn't do it. But when we choose to bless, not just hold our tongues, but bless our enemies, it's a form of fasting. And then number five, we'll talk more in detail about is fasting food is a way that forces us to focus, to entrust ourselves to the Lord for both strength and pleasure. Okay. So there are multiple types of food fasts. We'll cover this real fast and then be done. So a regular fast is without food and drinking only water or that which has no calories. So that is kind of your typical regular fast. Okay, there's also a liquid fast, which means there's no solid food. So drinking light liquids such as fruit juices, um, most people don't include milkshakes. (laughs) Um, You can, but in time, that's going to hurt you a little bit. Okay, Uh, number three, an absolute fast. Okay, this is... Okay, so this is an Esther did this fast. It's an abstaining from all water and food, no more than three days. Okay, I recommend um, the Lord needs to speak to you regarding this one. <laughs> um, not drinking water for three days. I think you need to be under uh, your doctor's supervision, and you for sure need to be under authority where they're confirming, yes, you know, the Lord has clearly shown you that you need to do this kind of fast, but um, 
that's how that needs to happen. Okay, uh, number four is a partial fast. So um, an example of this is what we call a Daniel fast. So this is abstaining from tasty foods uh, and eating only certain things like vegetables or nuts. Um, so those with hypoglycemia or other medical conditions um, can inva- engage in a partial fast by being creative. So there are two different types of Daniel fast in the scriptures. One is where he abstained from meats and sweets, and then one is where he did um, just fruits and vegetables and nuts. Um, Okay, then here's another type of fast, the last one. So they call it Benedict fast. Um, And this started by St. Benedict of Nursia, Italy, 525 AD, um, where they would eat one meal a day. Um, Monks many times did this for years and had strong bodies and even stronger spirits. Um, Okay, so... So there's all types of fasts that you can do. Um, but I think what I want to encourage is that the, the benefit of fasting is the feeling of sacrifice. And I think many times we err on the side of, I'm going to fast what's easy. Because we want to feel the prop of success. We don't, we don't want to experience our own weakness. We don't want to embrace something that's harder where we might fail. But that's kind of the point. And when we do fail, he's right there saying, get back up. Let's keep going. Push delete. Let's keep going for it. See, I can tell you that my greatest issues with performance, uh, with legalism, the confusion I've had regarding the love of God, grace, and embracing sacrifice has been tested and refined in the place of failing and fasting. And so some of you are like, I don't want to experience my own weakness. Okay, but that's the vision. He wants you to experience your own weakness so that he can reveal his strength through you. So that's, that's the vision. God, reveal my flesh Reveal my weakness because the paradox of power and weakness is is me experiencing that so that you can reveal your strength in me. Um, So I have this challenge for you is that you'd fast a day a week. Um, We as a desperation team, we fast on Tuesdays. And starting this fall, um, we're going to be having prayer in this room from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday. And so just want to welcome you on the day that you're fasting. Come, there's going to be live worship and prayer in here. Uh, that's to serve you, to have a place that's a, you know, kind of a, a sanctuary to, to, to meet with the Lord. And so um, the other thing, too, is uh, fasting in a community of people. You know, the, the Bible talks a lot of times about, you know, calling a corporate fast. And so knowing that, um, you know, on Tuesdays, well, this tablecloth has really slid. <laughs> um, on Tuesdays, we fast, and so I want to invite you to join together because there's something when I know there's accountability to it. Okay, like Gretchen, she's fasting today. Okay, I said I was going to fast. Okay, there's accountability because she knows it now. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's a good hedge. It kind of hedges you in. It gives you strength and support of, yes, this is why I'm doing it. It's why, you know, having a workout partner is so helpful because it's like, okay, they're going to be at the gym. I have to show up. Um, I can't just leave them there. So, so there's something about doing it together that can help strengthen you in it. So I want to leave you with this quote by A.W. Tozer. He says, this is a prayer. He says, oh God, I have tasted thy goodness and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. 
I'm painfully conscious of my need for further grace. Oops, sorry. Um, I'm ashamed of my, oh gosh, this is really, really spelled bad. Don't read it. Just listen to me. I'm ashamed of my lack of desire. Oh God, the triune God, I want to want thee. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be made more thirsty still. Show me thy glory, I pray thee, so that I may know thee indeed. So Jesus, we come to you. God, and we just pray the prayer that A.W. Tozer wrote. God, we're hungry to be hungry. Lord, and we recognize our lack of thirst. We recognize our lack of hunger for you. But I thank you that... uh, Even the desire to be hungry is a statement that we are. And so, Jesus, I ask that you would fill us with the power of your grace to embrace uh, this gift you've given us. Lord, and I pray, Lord, that you would infuse courage, that we wouldn't fear fasting anymore, but that we would embrace the place of weakness, that we would discover you, that we would have greater revelation, greater depth, greater dependency. And so, Jesus, we, we finish this series of Christian disciplines, God, and I ask that you would call us and that you would give us your power to embrace these disciplines more often than not. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thanks everybody. We hope you've been spiritually encouraged by listening to this podcast. More podcasts and information about the college and 20-somethings ministry at New Life Church in Colorado Springs can be found at newlifechurch.org forward slash Sunday school.